Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Our reading is from Ephesians 3, verses 1 to 13. And so Ephesians 3, starting at verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles... Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. In reading this, then, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Well, let me pray before we dig into this passage together. Dear Father God, we thank you so much for your word to us in the Bible. And we pray by your spirit you would help us to understand what you're saying to us through this text. But more than just understanding it, we pray that you would give us faith to believe it and to put it to practice in our lives. For Jesus' sake, amen. Is church really worth it? Is church worth it? Sometimes the Christian life can feel very hard and sometimes being part of a local church can feel very hard. This last year, 2020, during the coronavirus pandemic, being part of a local church has been really difficult compared to normal. You know, it's wonderful being able to um, stream online services like this one, and well done for joining us, but it's, it's not the same as being able to gather together without restrictions, is it? And for months, we've been restricted in all sorts of ways from being able to see one another. Maybe the thought has passed through your mind, is it really worth it being part of a church when it feels so hard? And of course, even during normal times, the Christian life and being part of a church can feel like a real struggle. Other Christians can be difficult and demanding. Christians can 
let us down, can hurt us very badly sometimes. And maybe we can wonder, is it all really worth it? And of course, what we could call Christian service, Christian ministry can sometimes feel very hard and very weak. Now, maybe you've been diligently trying to share your Christian faith with your friends at school or your colleagues at work and invite them along to church and, and it just feels so hard and there's so little response and maybe the thought has crossed our minds, is it really worth it? We'll look down at verse one of our passage. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And then there's a pause. You know, I love the Apostle Paul for all sorts of reasons, but one of the things I love is his digressions. And that's what we've got here. You can see in verse 14, he picks up what he's saying again. For this reason, I kneel before the Father and turns to pray at the end of um, the first half of the book of Ephesians. But, but here in verse 1 of our passage, Paul mentions the fact that he's in prison and it's like he, he puts down his notes and looks up and says, let's talk about the fact that I'm in prison. Currently, I'm, I'm chained up. He was probably a prisoner in Rome. It, it doesn't look great. It's embarrassing. It's, it's shameful. And I'm suffering, Paul says. It's hard. But he's going to show us that it's worth it. Look down at verse 13 at the end of the passage. This is where Paul is heading. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. You see, Paul says, yes, I'm in prison, but don't be downhearted. It's worth it because of my message. And we're going to see because of the church that that message creates. Paul wants to show us today that all of the things that look hard, his suffering in prison is worth it because of his message and the church it creates. So why is it worth it? Well, first of all, Paul shows us that God has made known his plan for the world. God has made known his plan for the world. Verse two, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Um, Paul talks about himself as um, having an administration um, something was given to Paul. That's what that means. If, you, if you're the administrator of a charity or a business, it doesn't belong to you, but it's given to you to be responsible for. And look how he describes it in verse three. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. Now, a mystery in the Bible is not something spooky or hard to work out, like a, a Stephen King novel or something like that. It's not something vague and undefined. You know, what's the government's COVID policy this week? Oh, it's a mystery, you know, vague and undefined. No, a mystery in the Bible is something that's hidden, that is made known, like a secret, I guess uh, lots of people watching um, this uh, service will know me to varying degrees, but I wonder if you know my middle name. You see, if I asked you what's my middle name, you could guess, but 
it's, it's hidden. It's a secret. You won't know it unless I tell you that it's Antony. And you see, now you know. The mystery has been revealed. The secret's out. My middle name is Antony. And you see Paul's point. Paul says that his message and the church that it creates is something that was given to him by God, something that was hidden but revealed to him by God. So in other words, Paul says he didn't sit down in um, a costa somewhere with his laptop open and dream up the church or dream up the message of Jesus that he's been explaining in Ephesians 1 to 2. He didn't see a gap in the religious marketplace and invent the idea of church. No, Paul says, God made it known to me. Have a look down at verse 4. In reading this, then, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery, the secret, the hidden thing of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. You know, when you read the New Testament and you read guys like um, Paul or Peter or John, who wrote New Testament books, and when you read them describing themselves as apostles, this is what they mean, that they had a message given to them to speak by God. They're not saying that they were really spiritually enlightened uh, religious gurus with their own wisdom to share, much less the inventors of a new religion. No, the apostles were people who had seen the risen Jesus and been commissioned by him to speak for him. Commissioned spokespeople for the risen Jesus. And Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, ensured that the apostles said exactly what he wanted them to say. The message revealed by the Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets. And so you see, Paul is saying that the, the church and the message that creates the church is not something he made up. It's something God made known. God's plan for the universe. And what is this mystery, this message? We'll have a look down at verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. You see, this is what we saw last week from the second half of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, the Old Testament part of the Bible was full of promises from God to Israel, the descendants of Abraham. In Old Testament terms, anyone who was not Jewish like me was very far off from God. And that's what Paul means by Gentiles here. People who have a great wall cutting them off from God and his people. And the big secret that Jesus had made known to Paul and the other apostles was that through the gospel, by trusting Jesus, no one is too far off for God. That anyone who trusts in Jesus, that he died 
so that our sins could be washed away, that he rose again so that we could have new life and ascended to heaven where he rules, anyone who trusts him is made, verse 6, an heir together with Israel, part of God's loved family, members together of one body, part of his church that's connected spiritually to Jesus, united with him, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Every blessing that God has promised to his people is for anyone who trusts in Christ. You know, it's a wonderful message. It's the message that there are no second-class Christians, that everyone comes to God on the same terms, trusting Jesus. And so no matter how far you've walked away from God, no matter what you've done or what's been done to you, no matter what guilt or shame you feel, no matter what your nationality, ethnicity or class or background, no matter your genetics, everyone who trusts in Christ is welcomed into God's beloved family and given every one of his promises only through trusting in Jesus and on no other basis. And so Paul says, of course it's worth being locked up in prison for this because this message that anyone can know God through Christ on equal terms, I didn't make it up. It wasn't my idea. I didn't dream it up in Costa one day or think of a gap in the religious marketplace. God made it known to me. And it is a wonderful message that creates a diverse church of every kind of person. It's easy to wish, isn't it, that the church was less of a licorice all sorts bag of different kinds of people. Wouldn't it be easier if the Christian life was full of people who were just like me, who did everything the same way I did and liked all the same things, and, and people who were easy? But it's not up to us to decide what the church is or what the church does. God has made known his gospel to his apostles, Paul and the other Bible writers, and God has formed his church through that gospel. And so, of course, it's worth it being hard. Of course, it's worth suffering and losing out for, because it's God's big plan for the world that he's revealed, not a human idea. But then secondly, Paul shows us that God is still making known his plan for the world. Even today, God is still making known his plan for the world. Have a look down at verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Do you see how unflinchingly honest Paul is about himself in this verse? Less than the least of all the Lord's people. I mean, it's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Because how can you be less than the least? But Paul, um, Paul really invents a new word here. He, he describes himself literally as the leastest of all God's people. 
You know, if you've read the book of Acts, you'll know Paul's story, how he hated the church, how he wanted to destroy people who followed Jesus until the day that the risen Lord Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and turned his life around and made him into someone who would build the church rather than tearing it down. But Paul never forgot where he came from. He never forgot that he used to persecute Christians And he saw himself as the least. And of course, if you've read Acts, you'll know that Paul spent more time in prison than he actually did on missionary journeys. He would have been known to people as Paul the prisoner. And so Paul says, of course, I'm not an impressive person. I'm less than the least. But, verse 8, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Isn't that a lovely image that that Paul, though he's so little, he says, I came with my arms stuffed full of treasure, treasure so deep and bountiful that you couldn't possibly dig to the bottom because I had the message of Christ for everyone, even for Gentiles who are very far off. I mean, it's a lovely picture, isn't it? The boundless riches of Christ doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how well you know Jesus already. We'll never get to the bottom of the wisdom and goodness and love of God in Jesus Christ. There are treasures there that we'll keep digging through and never find the bottom of. Boundless riches. Because whoever you are, however far off, through trusting Jesus, you can be welcomed into God's family. And so Paul says, look, don't be discouraged by my suffering. Don't be put off by the fact that I'm a a dowdy little man locked in prison somewhere in shame because the message that put me there, it's a boundless treasure in Christ for everyone. And I got to proclaim that. That's why Paul was in prison. And of course, this message is still bearing fruit today, 2,000 years later, because whenever Paul's words in Ephesians, and whenever the rest of the Bible is explained, whether it's a preacher in a pulpit or a Christian sat down with a friend explaining the gospel, wherever Paul's gospel is proclaimed, that it doesn't matter how far off you are, you can come into God's family by trusting Jesus. Well, that glory is still taking place. The boundless riches of Christ are still being proclaimed and it's still bearing fruit even today. You see, where the Bible is held out to people, the message of Jesus, for every kind of person, God's plan for the world is still being made known. But then look at verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Uh, Manifold wisdom there in verse 10 literally is multicolored wisdom. You see, when people from every tribe and tongue and nation and background come into God's family and are, are welcomed to God through Jesus, it shows the manifold, multicolored wisdom of God. It shows how spectacularly, stunningly genius our God really is. Uh, The rulers and authorities in that verse, in the heavenly realms, 
uh, is a phrase that describes the spiritual forces in our world, the unseen spiritual realm that impacts on our reality. And do you see what Paul is saying? That when two people who have nothing in common apart from faith in Jesus, sit side by side to hear the Bible taught, when they pray together, when they serve one another simply because they're Christians, angels cheer and devils tremble because it shows up the glorious plan of God for the future of the world. In Ephesians 1.10, Paul summed it up as God's plan to unite all things under Christ. Uh, One commentator puts it like this, the church is the prototype in time of what God is doing in eternity. And so look, the Christian life might feel hard. Being part of a church might seem insignificant and difficult. You know, we sit around listening to the teaching of Paul, the prisoner, We sit around with people we have little in common with sometimes. And yet as we do that, angels and devils look on and they see the glorious wisdom of God, his plan for the future of our world revealed on a cosmic scale. And you know, the devil loves to lead people away from God And he loves it when we put up walls between people that keep them from getting to God. But the gospel, verse 12, in Jesus and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You see, Paul's message and the church it creates is from God and it gives free access to God. It brings us back to him. God's plan for the world made known. And so is church worth it? Is it worth it when serving Jesus and living for him and being part of his people feels hard? Well, Paul says, look, I'm I'm in prison. But verse 13, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. See, it might be hard, but it's glorious, says Paul. This message and the church that it produces, it's worth it. Because it is God's plan for the universe. The one thing that really matters. Look, I've spoken to a couple of people in the last um, few weeks who feel that they've been cooling off to church over the last few months because it's been so hard during COVID and so hard to meet with other Christians and they're just feeling detached from things. And let me say, if that's you, it's worth it. The gospel that brings you to God, however far off you are, and brings you to his people. Please don't pull back from it. Put on your spiritual glasses and see how valuable the gospel and the church really are. The one thing that really matters in the future of our universe. And lean in. Why not come and join us in person if that's something that's safe for you to do? 
We've got services at 10.30 and 6.30 in the building at the moment. You can sign up on the website. But do you see Paul's big point here? The gospel and the church, they're not a small thing, an insignificant thing. The church is not like a club that you can do without if you're too busy. It is God's revealed plan for the world, made known from the risen Jesus to the apostles and proclaimed to us from the Bible. And so see quite how significant it is. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this, but, but when, you, when you phone someone up and ask them how they're doing and pray with them just because they're another Christian, angels cheer to see the glorious wisdom of God on display. When you invite a friend from school or work to come to church, when you struggle away trying to share your faith, devils tremble to see the plan of God in action on a cosmic scale. And when a church holds to the message of the Bible, teaches it and does what it says, when a church tells people, whoever you are, however far you've gone from God, you can trust Jesus and be part of his family, our family, then the multicolored wisdom of God is on display on a cosmic scale. It's worth it church because it is God's revealed plan made known for the universe to bring people together in Christ forever I'm going to pray our father God we pray for those times when our hearts feel downcast and when it feels hard and maybe we feel like we're suffering at times and we pray that then you would give us spiritual eyes to see the truth about the gospel and the church that it creates. That it really matters. That it's the one thing that matters, your plan for the universe. And that you would encourage our hearts so that we would lean in and not pull back from it. In Jesus' name, amen.